0: Another week of basketball means another chance to scream from the sidelines. Welcome back. We got another episode and tons of more games that will be happening that have been happening. Thank you so much for tuning in to yet another Screaming from the Sidelines saga. This show is about getting into it as a fan. And it's okay to get a little excited or even frustrated or angry and that's what we've got going on the show today because sports is just the full emotional roller coaster experience. So we've got a lot on this episode. Some of it's going to be funny, some of it's going to be fascinating, and some of it might be a little intense depending on what you seek out of a podcast. We've got a few NBA headlines over the past week. We're now two weeks into the season. I'm going to share some fun statistics that I've gathered over the past few days, and then we'll cap things off with some upcoming bets. Before I get into all that, if you are so kind and have the chance to follow, rate, review, subscribe, share with all your basketball-loving friends and all of the sports fan psychos out there, please Please take a moment to do so. So let's start off by discussing one of the more fascinating early headlines that a lot of people did not expect, and that is the struggling champs. So with last night's loss in Miami, the reigning champion Golden State Warriors dropped to 3-5 and five on the season and 0-4 and on the road. Warriors fans, I know you well because I have been one of you my whole life, and I just have two words for you. Calm down. Four championships in eight seasons. Your core group is back and so far healthy. This is the least stressful regular season that most of you listening to this have ever had in your lifetime as a fan. So all of these overreactions eight games into the season need to stop. Yes, their defense is not doing well. They're allowing 122 points per game and 127 on the road both of which are the worst in the NBA. But there are certain things that are extremely ridiculous coming out of people's mouths or uh, typing through their thumbs on social media. For one, those who are demanding for Klay Thompson to be traded need to take a break from using social media for a second. So he didn't make his clutch shots last night. Okay, well, he was still plus 8 on the floor, still is plus 20 on the season still is working his way back from two catastrophic injuries back-to-back that kept him off an NBA floor for 941 days. Okay, what else? The young guys aren't cutting it right now. Where is the patience gone? If it stays like this all the way into the All-Star break, then yeah, there's a problem. But wouldn't this be better to be occurring now? Are young prospects allowed a chance to adjust to an NBA level of play? James Wiseman is 21 years old and hasn't even played 50 games in his career. Moses Moody and Jonathan Kaminga are 20. Jordan Poole is 23. I mean, Curry, Thompson, and Green weren't held to such standards at that stage in their careers. And you know why? Because the Warriors weren't used to winning. Believe me, I want to see this team succeed badly, but Dub Nation has been unbelievably spoiled over the past decade. And let's just all be patient and not take everything for granted. If you're a passionate and emotional fan, I love that. You are the exact type of person this podcast is for. But today, right now, this episode, I'm asking you to breathe from the sideline and save the screaming for when the stakes are high. The Warriors are off to a slow start and they're far from perfect, but is this really cause for panic? And even if... They don't have that championship-level season everyone's hoping to see. Guess what? It's okay. They're all going to be okay. Klay Thompson, I am still in your corner. Steph Curry, you just had your 10th career triple-double and are playing phenomenal. And the rest of these guys, great chance to learn. I mean, I'm guilty of falling so hard off the Andrew Wiggins train. I was so anti-Wiggins. And then last year, he pretty much shut me up for good. So I get it. But right now, especially with these young guys, just give them a chance. There's a lot of learning that has to go, and you can't always expect to be playing championship-level basketball every night. November is not the time to be needing your best hoops. Let's move into something a little bit more serious, and I don't really know how to say this other than Kyrie Irving is the worst. Uh, So last Thursday, for those of you who weren't as tuned into it, Irving posted a link to an Amazon movie Hebrews to Negroes wake up black America, which is based on a book and both are stuffed with anti-Semitic tropes. So for obvious reasons, posting that link is upsetting and offensive to many, many people and Nets owner, Joe Tsai, among many others expressed his disappointment in Kyrie Irving. I don't want to spend the whole episode discussing my own frustrations with Irving, but it feels wrong to have a show about the NBA and just gloss over this incident. So Irving said, in terms of the backlash, we're in 2022. History is not supposed to be hidden from anybody. And I'm not a divisive person when it comes to religion. I embrace all walks of life. And my instant response to that is, We're in 2022, and you should have a clear understanding of your platform and influence in the realm of social media. You should realize that saying or passing along content that is hurtful to an entire race, religion, or identifying group in our population has severe consequences. As Charles Barkley said last night, I hate that we have to spend time talking about this idiot because instead of being apologetic, he reverted back to his own little entitled world arguing with reporter Nick Friedle, who was simply doing his job by asking follow-up questions and then denying the influence of his platform and how much damage he can cause. In addition to just this incident, Kyrie Irving is also one of the most selfish, untrustworthy, and unreliable teammates. He is a far greater distraction than he is a basketball talent, and that's a shame because he is damn talented. So Kyrie Irving is probably the single biggest disappointment in the NBA. I don't think that the Brooklyn Nets themselves are the biggest disappointment. I think it is a single Brooklyn Net that is the biggest disappointment in the league so far. And I'm very curious to see how this all affects the team and how it affects Irving's play. And truthfully, how many games we're even going to get out of him. Super disappointing and frustrating and angering that... Irving not only would post that link, but then live in his own little reality and not own up to anything or acknowledge the influence of his platform, I just am kind of at a loss for words beyond what I've already said. Let's talk about the rest of his team, which is the Brooklyn Nets, because they're making a big splash heading early into the week. So heading into this week of hoops, they were bottom 10 in defensive rating, Net rating, rebounding, three-point percentage, three-pointers made, opponent three-point percentage, and opponent field goal percentage. Now they have parted ways with Steve Nash and Ime Udoka, the suspended Boston Celtics coach, is expected to take over the team shortly. This is a team of second chances. First of all, we got a few people we need to talk to here. So first there's Ime Udoka, and then I got Kevin Durant. And then I got Ben Simmons. So I'm starting with you, coach. We don't know the full story of everything that happened in Boston, but it's safe to say this to Ime Udoka. You fucked up, and you will never get that back. People make mistakes, and this one was significant enough for the Boston Celtics to suspend and move apart from you as their promising new coach who was coming off a finals appearance. This is your second chance to do things right as a coach not talking about the other stuff off the court as a coach. You're entering a dumpster fire of an organization that is loaded with talent, and you have an opportunity to turn the most underachieving team in the NBA into a contender. You got the young and highly talented Boston Celtics to buy in last year, and when things finally clicked, you were right up there at the top of the league. If defense wins championships or conference championships and defense is what made you a household name as a coach. Then let's see if you can take this team who has defended horrendously and with the help of your generational superstar, Kevin Durant, turn this franchise around. Let's move over to you, KD. You are one of the greatest basketball players, not just of this generation, but of all time. You are a league MVP, a two-time champion and two-time finals MVP, you are as devoted to this game as pretty much anybody has ever been. You left Golden State because you wanted to try something new. And your co-star has been infuriating, destructive, and unreliable. You're healthy right now. You can still compete at a high level. And you are clearly showing that despite the 2-5 and five record. You can still be a leader on this team and create a new chapter in your legacy by taking the most dysfunctional franchise and turning them into a success story. And I'm curious to see how coachable he is under Yudoka, if they can have a good relationship, if they can turn some of this mess into wins. But KD, this is a second chance for you when you wanted out of this franchise earlier in the summer. Let's talk about you, Ben Simmons. After a 17-month layoff, you come back and look surprisingly tentative. In the first week of the season, you averaged just 4.3 drives per game, which was less than half of your previous career low. Your 13.5% usage rate is also far and away the lowest in your career, and over a third of your used possessions have ended in turnovers after that first week. So I'm not here to rag on you, Ben Simmons. I support you and I would like to see you get a second wind in your career. But after a year and a half of no NBA action, it's clear that it's going to take some adjusting back into game flow. It's unclear how Simmons' back or mental health has been affecting him thus far, but we do know that his effectiveness on both the offensive and defensive side of things has been well below what Brooklyn will ultimately hope for. So this is an opportunity for you to have another fresh start with a coach who can try to figure out how to get the most out of you and maybe somebody who can believe in you once again. I want to be clear that I am aware that all three of these men, Udoka, Durant, and Simmons, made choices that put them in the situation. So it's not time to throw a pity party for anybody, but I'm acknowledging that despite how difficult the Nets have been, over the past three seasons, today, they can wake up with a possibility for hope. And at this point, I think that's a deal that anyone involved in that organization will take. Will it work? Will they turn into a contender? I don't know. But it's certainly better than when they were at yesterday morning, and the one before that, then the one before that. And look, their schedule does lighten up a little bit. Their next six opponents are the Wizards, Hornets, Mavericks, Knicks, Clippers, and Lakers. So I would refrain from betting on them until we see at least a few games with their new head coach. But the Nets are a team of second chances, and I'm not ready to throw in the towel just yet. So we've made it through our headlines portion of the NBA, and now I want to get to some of the fun stuff. Because there have been a lot of really interesting stats Uh, small sample size of games so far, makes for some interesting facts and figures that you'll see. And I just thought this would be great to share some of them on the show because if you're like me and you're a passionate fan and a little bit of a nerd, good chance to nerd out. Let's talk about the first one I found. The most clutch points this season, Luka Doncic is at the top of the leaderboard with 21, but the next two are members of the Utah Jazz. That's Jordan Clarkson and Kelly Olenek tied for 20 Clutch points, and Olenek is a 100% from three-point in the clutch. So Utah has been a fun little surprise story. I don't think anyone's taking them seriously as a contender, but it does go to show that people want to compete. It's If you're playing professional basketball, it is your natural inclination to want to compete and play the game you love and fight for a career resurgence. Look at Laurie Markkinen. He was kind of overlooked as a guy that, wasn't living up to his full potential, his shot wasn't really consistent for most of his career, and he has had some tremendous play to start this season. And Utah, while they're probably not going to be a contender in a loaded Western Conference, they've been pretty disruptive even when they're losing games. And that, to me, is fun. It's a fun team to watch. And from the purposes of betting, it's not just like, let's overlook Utah and always bet against them to cover the spread. No, they're doing pretty well to start the year. They are successful against the spread. They're successful straight up. And guys like Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olenek, Colin Sexton, man, has it been fun. Secondly, I found this one interesting because I was wondering what we would see out of the Dallas Mavericks. Luka Doncic, as amazing as he is, is a very ball-dominant, ball-dependent player. And right now, the Mavericks have the fewest assists per game in the league at 19.2. So, after last year, with the way that the Warriors picked them apart in the Western Conference Finals, you were curious to see if there would be changes in the pace that they played with, uh, how teams would adjust to trying to get the ball out of Luka's hands. And so far, we're seeing most of the same. And now, to Luka's credit, he is off to a complete tear to start the season. I mean, MVP levels. I know that in our awards episode, uh, slow starts had been the thing that had harmed his MVP campaigns in the past two seasons. That is not an issue right now. He is healthy. He's looking great. And from the offensive perspective, is about as lethal as you can get in this league. A third thing, let's give a shout out to the Milwaukee Bucks because they seem to be far and away from, the best and most cohesive team, and it starts with their defense. So this season, right now, they are first in defensive rating, first in opponent field goal percentage. Uh, Brooke Lopez is leading the league in blocks per game. Drew Holiday is averaging a career high in steals per game. And the Greek freak himself is holding opponents to 32% field goal percentage. So Milwaukee, they are in a perfect spot right now. I think they're one of my favorite bets to cover spreads. The only spread that they did not cover was a 13.5 point spread against the Detroit Pistons. Uh, They're defending well. I think for that reason, they're also a fair pick on a lot of unders, even though they can be explosive at times. I'm really liking what I'm seeing from this team. And home, road, east, west, really doesn't matter with them right now. They are in the perfect spot. Plus minus is another fun metric to look at and it is extremely fluid so what I'm telling you now is not going to be the case in a week in fact it's probably going to look a lot different tomorrow but right now the highest plus minuses in the NBA would be Devin Booker number one at plus 89 followed by his teammate Mikael Bridges plus 82 then Donovan Mitchell plus 78 then CJ McCollum plus 70 Karis Levert plus 66 Cameron Johnson plus 65 Dean Wade, plus 63, and Chris Paul, plus 61. So four of the top eight here are part of the Suns' core. Three are Cleveland Cavaliers, and then there's CJ McCollum. So shout out to CJ. As I said, it's a highly fluid stat, and a lot of it has to do with winning. The Suns are 6-1, and, and the Cavaliers are 5-1. and one. But I am almost the most impressed with CJ McCollum, for how his team elevates when he's on the floor. And when you take into account the injuries they suffered early on in the season. It really speaks to the leadership of someone like McCollum. He spent his whole career as a number two option to Damian Lillard. And he's not the best player on the Pelicans. Or at least the most dominant. Because Zion Williamson when he's healthy is just a different kind of breed. But he is very much the leader and the veteran experience. And he's done nothing short of of a fantastic job, him and Willie Green deserve a lot of credit, so great to see CJ McCollum up there, and interesting that uh, really the outlier when the rest are Suns or Cavaliers, let's talk about lowest plus minus, so Rui Hachimura is the lowest right now at minus 87, but we got a couple other surprises, and this is why I wanted to do a little bit of pushback on some of this Clay Thompson hate, because the fourth lowest plus minus in the league is an NBA champion and an explosive, blossoming superstar. That's Jordan Poole, minus 75, fourth lowest in the league. So, despite all of the upside you can get from Poole, it is clear that when he is out there, and yes, I know when he's on the floor, a lot of it is with the second unit, and it's not just him, but the defense really suffers. And there's a lot to learn from that. Uh, Sixth lowest plus minus in the league, minus 66 would be my MVP pick from preseason, Kevin Durant. And that's not because Kevin Durant can't defend. It's because Brooklyn is an absolute mess. And I wanted to focus in on this one because for all we've talked about, the Warriors and the Nets, these are two guys to keep an eye out for. It's not that Kevin Durant can't defend. It's not that he's not a premier player. But to see both of these guys in the bottom 10, the bottom 6, really, is kind of surprising for all of their upsides and all of their talent. And I'm going to look, just keep an eye on this one. We're going to look back at this in a couple weeks and see if it's improved at all, especially with Kevin Durant and his new head coach. Okay, last statistic before I get into some bets. Well, the East versus the West this year has been a really fun one to look at. And this is what I've been explaining to a couple of my friends so far. The Western Conference is phenomenal. The East has improved over the past few years, but when you look at the West, it is just downright ridiculous from top to bottom. And you got the Spurs who are surprising some people right now. Utah, we mentioned, is playing a little bit better. And the East against Western Conference teams this year, they are 7-13 overall but also 7-11-2 against the spread, which is kind of indicating to me that Vegas hasn't necessarily caught on to this, and sometimes in these East versus West matchups, you see some of these uh, non-Western, or Western non-juggernauts, rather, getting a little bit overlooked and showing that they can go and cover a spread. If you look at a team like Milwaukee, that's really the only exception. They've been able to hang with just about anybody in the league. But a lot of talented teams have struggled against the Western Conference. So if you are a betting kind of person, just bear in mind this trend. And again, something we'll keep an eye on. But one of my favorite things to look at updated most recently this morning. Now let's move on to some bets. Wednesday, NBA, one of my favorite days of the week. You get a whole slate of games, and I want to get to a few of them. So, this first one's actually going to entirely contradict what I just said about the West versus the East, but there are reasons for it. I like the Miami Heat tonight at home against the Sacramento Kings. So, first of all, the Heat are on a mini revenge tour after their slow start. Jimmy Butler made a bold statement saying, this team's going to be fine, it's growing pains, they're going to win the championship. And first, they beat the Warriors last night after losing to them at the Chase Center And now, tonight, they have a chance at revenge against the Kings. So yes, I know it's a back-to-back for Miami, but the Kings are without their star De'Aaron Fox, and that's kind of a big deal if we're talking about this game potentially being close. The Kings' defense has not been good enough so far to win these race-to-100 type of games. And so maybe if Miami just doesn't have the legs in them, and they're really struggling, and it's a low-scoring game. I could see them not covering the spread, but I really don't envision the Heat having a problem, especially after what happened to them in Sacramento giving the Kings their first win of the season just a week ago. Another pick that I love is Clippers versus Rockets. I'll take the under at 223 combined points. So the Clippers are without Kawhi Leonard and Robert Covington. Once again, John Wall, I believe is expected to make a return and face his former team, the Houston Rockets, but the Clippers are like my favorite team to take the under right now. Uh, Their health is consistently inconsistent. It's been that way ever since Kawhi Leonard and Paul George joined the team. They play solid defense. They have the sixth highest defensive rating and they're a well-coached group, but They have a lot of different lineups they have to navigate. Paul George, they are leaning on him heavily while Kawhi Leonard is getting managed in his adjustment back onto the floor. And the Clippers have only gone over one time in their first seven games. The only concern I had after betting on the under in their previous contest against the Rockets is that it would go to overtime. Neither team reached 100, and I cashed out. Okay, next one, I like the New York Knicks at minus two against the Atlanta Hawks. It's the Cam Reddish revenge game, which I'm sure everybody's talking about. The Knicks are three and three with all three of their wins coming at home this season. And the Hawks defense has struggled lately. For all their potential, they're still somewhat of a hit or miss team right now. So I listened to the Athletic NBA podcast on a long drive yesterday, and they do a great job. One of the points they addressed with the Hawks is that they want to see the DeJounte-Murray minutes without Trey Young on the floor turn into consistent positives for Atlanta. And right now, they're just not there. Trey Young is a talented player who is more than capable of leading a team, but his shot is just a little bit iffy so far, below 40%. Uh, We all know how he likes to be the villain, though, especially in that building. However... Even with the Hawks-Knicks recent rivalry in that playoff series a couple of years ago, I'm still encouraged by what I've seen with New York. Uh, they are 5-2 and two against the spread and straight up in their last seven games. And I bet uh, New York to cover against the Bucks last week. They fell a little bit short, but overall I'm really encouraged from what I've seen from them. R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Jalen Brunson have all... Seem to work well together, and while I wouldn't say the Knicks are anything special, they're certainly not a team to be overlooked. So I'll take them to cover with the home court advantage. My favorite bet of the night is the Pelicans covering the minus 6.5 point spread at Los Angeles Lakers. So I'm happy to see Russell Westbrook playing better and the Lakers finally getting a win. But Anthony Davis is questionable tonight with a back injury. And the Pelicans are for real. No Brandon Ingram, still in concussion protocol, but no problem. Zion Williamson is back. And if he plays and Anthony Davis doesn't, who is going to stop him in the paint? The Pelicans are 4-2 against the spread, which means that they're a little bit better than people think. And the only game where injuries really blew them up was the one against Utah when they lost two of their three best players in the middle of the game, so Willie Green had to adjust on the fly. Tonight, that's not the case, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstance. And I really, really like the Pelicans to cover the Lakers. Lakers are not a high-scoring team, and if the Pelicans can just put up some points, man, I think that's a nice, fun bet. Uh, Some others on the Wednesday slate... Celtics versus Cavaliers. This should be a really exciting must-watch game. The Cavaliers in particular are much watch, must-watch basketball right now. Uh, I like the over just because the Cavs are hot and the Celtics' defense is not what it was last year, at least early on in the season. So I could see another over happening. I would encourage people to stay away from the Spurs and Raptors bet. So the Spurs are missing two key players and... Uh, The Raptors are favored by 7.5, but that's a steep spread, and the Spurs have been strangely successful against the spread thus far, so I just wouldn't throw your money there, even though I like both of these teams. Uh, I like the Grizzlies on the road at Portland after getting embarrassed the other night, and the Blazers remain without Damian Lillard. So, John Morant, uh, just electric. There's really nothing new to say about him. We know what he is, and I think Memphis... Uh, They missed Jaron Jackson Jr., that's clear right now, but I think they'll do enough to be able to cover that four-and-a-half-point spread against the Blazers. Lastly, while I'm encouraged by the 76ers' last two games, I don't trust them enough to throw my money their way tonight against Washington. Just need to see a little bit more consistency, but man, that Tyrese Maxey 44-point performance was so fun. So, big on my guy Tyrese Maxey there. But that's sort of what I have lined up for bets tonight. For any other questions, ask me on social media, uh, not just for today, but all throughout the week. And big shout-out to my good friend Hayden for already contacting me for advice while I was doing my show prep. He's a big Raptors fan over there, and hopefully my picks start landing with a higher success rate so I can get you all some more money. But that's going to round things out for Screaming from the Sidelines In a new week of NBA basketball, we had a lot to get through between headlines, stats, and some bets, but every day we're just learning more and more about this league, and while it can be a little bit of a whirlwind keeping tabs on all of it, I have such a great time and I appreciate all the support I've been getting from my coworkers at Believe and from you as listeners Don't forget to follow, rate, review, subscribe, and share our show. Pass it along to any of your psycho fan, friends, and family. And I'll be back here probably in less than a week. We'll see how the schedule is looking. But I want to be back soon and talk a lot more hoops. So sit tight. If you follow us, you'll get the alert when the new show comes out. And uh, don't forget to check out some more of my other content on Twitter. Thanks so much. Keep screaming, and we will be back very, very soon.